Hey, this is Evan Black, pastor of Faith for Life Church, and this is our podcast. Thanks for joining us today. If you don't yet know Jesus, I'm so glad that you're listening, and I pray that this message empowers you to give your life to Christ. If you're just starting out on your journey with Jesus, I hope this empowers you to connect with Him. If you're strong in your connection to Christ, I believe this message will empower you to follow Him. So enjoy today's message. Started several weeks ago called Currency Converters. So if you have your Bibles, um, turn to Matthew chapter 20. Matthew chapter 20, we're going to have, uh, we're going to go through several verses today. Um, but we're going to start in Matthew chapter 20. The outline for this today and Lord willing next week is actually from a, a podcast that I heard. Uh, the podcast is called Arc Events and the speaker for this actual podcast that I listened to was a pastor out of Oklahoma called Willie George and um, it was absolutely phenomenal and, and many of the things that he spoke about really spoke to me and I felt like the Lord wanted me to share not his message with you um, but the outline of that and so uh, it fits right in with what we've been talking about in this series called Currency Converters. Up until this point, we've been talking about how each of us convert currency, mainly in our mind and how we see money. And so for some, money, may, may we, we may see it as love, an opportunity to love or receive love. Some may uh, see it as success. The more money I have, the more successful I am. Some may see it as security. As long as I have enough money for tomorrow, then tomorrow will be okay. Um, and, and there's all these different ways that we convert currency. Today, we're going to talk about what we actually need to do to convert what we have into currency. Because it's great to know that I convert currency into love, but if I don't have any currency, then <laughs> that's just good knowledge, right? All of us have plans. All of us have dreams. We have things in our heart, things that God has deposited, things that we want to do, things that we want to accomplish. And if we're honest, for most of us, the biggest hurdle in accomplishing those things is money. It's money. We, we ask questions um, even at an early age, like what would you do if money were no object, if money were no concern? If, if, you, if you didn't have to worry about money, what is it that you would do? We ask questions even to our elementary school students, like if you had a million dollars, I'll never forget my teacher asking me this, if you had a million dollars, what would you do? Like I have no idea. I don't even know what, the, I don't know how much a burger costs. What am I going to do with a million dollars? I don't know. But you know, like if you had a million dollars, what would you do with that million dollars? That, that dream that God has placed in your heart, often the answer to the question of why you're not yet pursuing it is, is a financial answer. It's you don't yet have the money to do what it is that God wants you to do or God's asked you to do. Many of us would actually need a financial miracle from God to do and begin the process of the dreams that he's placed in your heart. And it's not just you, it's not just me, it's not just us in this room. In 2017, there was a, a, a survey, a study done by CareerBuilder that released, um, and it said that 78% of Americans live paycheck to paycheck. Nearly 8 out of 10 Americans live paycheck to paycheck. That, that's, that's staggering. And as a church, we've gotten in a ditch either on one side or another concerning this topic. Um, there's some churches uh, the, or even some Christians that, that, that rely so heavily on 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 9 and 10. It says this, but those who desire to be rich fall into temptation, into a snare, into many senseless and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evils. It is through this craving that some have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many pains. 
things. And, and, and we get into this ditch of like we clearly chasing money is not okay with God. But we get into this ditch of money is evil and it's so evil that we should stay far, far away from money. We should give all our money away, and any, any, anything that you have an abundance of, you should feel bad about because God's not okay with that. And, and in any, in any, any extravagancies or any comforts that you take are, are not from God, and you're, you're being selfish. And, and we get into that, that ditch there. But also in Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 18, it says, You shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the power to get wealth that he may confirm his covenant that he swore to your fathers as it is this day. 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and Philippians, all throughout Paul's writings in so many places we could show you where God wants us to be blessed financially. And, and there's actually Christians and churches that get into this other ditch where they, they just sit back and they're like, okay, God is just going to bless me. He's just going to drop all this money into my bank account and everything's going to be great. And, and honestly, like we can get in, in troublesome areas on either side where we think money is so evil that we're not going to explore it. We're not going to work for it. We're not going to get better with it. We're just going to shun it, and it's going to be all kinds of evil. Or we can get into this ditch where we think, I don't really have to do anything, and I just sit back, and God just blesses me, and my bank account just increases and increases, and my cars get newer and nicer, and, and it's just, it, oh, praise God. But in Deuteronomy, it actually doesn't say that God downloads and deposits all this money into you. It's that he gives you the power to get wealth. He gives you the power to get wealth. And we get in a ditch on either side of either chasing money or ignoring money, believing God that will give it to us or he doesn't want us to have it. But money is the medium of exchange of our day. And, and, and we're going to talk about this a little bit. I got I to move on. But but God is okay with trade. He actually likes trade. He encourages us to trade. He doesn't like cheating, but he's good with trade, which is what our economic system is. We need to know how money works, and we need to know what God says about money. Now, before we get into today, the word is very clear on certain things that you've probably heard a lot of teaching on if you've been in church. Things such as tithing, that we should return the first 10% back to God. That, that's clear throughout the scriptures. Things such as generosity. We just read one of the verses, one of the many verses, that we should be generous people. And we should even be known by our love, but we should also be people that have so that we can give. Um, it's also clear on th things like saving, where we should be people who are able to save and not spend more than we make. Um, also, the Bible is very clear about paying what we owe. That as Christians, as followers of Jesus, we should be people who pay what we owe. And the Bible's even clear on things such as investing. But before we can get into any of those things, we first need to learn how to convert something that we have into currency so that we can know how to handle the currency. Today we're going to look at four things that are converted into currency. The first thing is in Matthew chapter 20. In verse 1 it says, For the kingdom of heaven is like a master of a house who went out early in the morning to hire laborers for his vineyard. After agreeing with the laborers for a denarius a day, he sent them into his vineyard. So here you have this guy who, who goes and he finds these workers to go out and they're going to go out and they're going to work for the day and they're going to get paid. Uh, here they're going to get paid a denarius for that day. The, the number one way, the most common way 
um, that w- thing that we convert into currency is our labor, our work. We, we, we do this, right? Like we agree to a salary and we go to a job and we go work and we agree to that salary and we will give our labor in exchange for money. Now, you probably don't, I pray that you don't go to work strictly for the paycheck, but there's a season or there's many of us that actually do. Like that's the only reason. Like I just, I just go for a paycheck. But even most of us, would not continue to go on that job if we didn't receive a paycheck. So maybe that's not the only reason, but it's a reason. And what you're doing is you are exchanging your time and your work and your effort for an amount of money, for currency. And, and there's, nothing, there's nothing wrong with this. Um, we should work. The Bible makes this clear. Genesis chapter 2, verse 15, the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to work it. And to keep it. Proverbs chapter 14, verse 23. In all toil there is profit, but mere talk tends only to poverty. Like we should be working. 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 18 tells us that the laborer deserves his wages. Romans chapter 4, verse 4. Now to the one who works, his wages are not counted as a gift, but as his due. Like he earned those wages because he gave his labor. But but here's what we got to remember. Colossians chapter 3, verse 23. Whatever we do... We need to do it unto the Lord, and we need to do it well, and we need to give it everything that we have. So when we go and we exchange our work, our labor for currency, we shouldn't be going halfway. We we should be giving it everything that we have. We should be giving it our best. We shouldn't just be somebody who's there and, and, and going through the motions, but we should be somebody who's going all in. Now, as we look at the, uh, the rest of these, the next three, labor, work, is going to be the one that permeates through all of these. Like whether you're going to a nine to five and somebody's paying you a paycheck or whether you're, you're uh, getting currency from one of these other areas, it's uh, all going to require work. It's all going to require work. But if labor is the only thing right now that you're converting into currency, then that's okay. But here's what you're doing. You are, you are limiting your ability to profit. You're limiting that by the employer. See, when you continue reading in Matthew chapter 20, we don't have time to read through all these verses, but this master goes, and a little bit later, he hires some more people, and a little bit later, he hires some more people, and actually, all the way down to there's a group of people that he hired, and they only worked for one hour, and when you pick up um, in verse 8, it says, when the evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to his foreman, call the laborers and pay them their wages, beginning with the last up to the first. So the ones who only worked an hour, they're going to get paid, and then the next group, and then the next group, all the way down to the people that we read about in verse, verse 2. And in, and in verse 9, it says, and when those hired about the 11th hour came, each of them received a denarius. Each of them received what the master chose to pay them, the same amount that the group who worked all day agreed to. In verse 10, now when these Those hired first came, they thought they would receive more. They didn't agree to more. They just thought they would receive more because the people who only worked an hour received what they thought they were going to receive. But each of them also received a denarius. And on receiving it, they grumbled at the master of the house, saying, These last only worked one hour, and you have made them equal to us, who have borne the burden of the day and the scorching heat. But he replied to one of them, Friend, I am doing you no wrong. Did you not agree with me for a denarius? You know what's amazing? You get a job, you pray for a job, and man, you praise God when you get the job, and you're so excited. And then all of a sudden, six months later, you haven't gotten a $10 an hour raise, and you're, you're through with that job. 
and you're complaining about that job. And he's like, you agreed to this. You were, you were praying for this. You were praising God when you got this. Now all of a sudden? Or maybe you're looking around and you're seeing what somebody else is doing or what somebody else is getting, and they grumbled at the master, saying they only worked one hour, and you've given them the same thing. <laughs> and then the, the master replies, I'm doing you no wrong. Do you not, did you not agree with me for this? In verse 14, take what belongs to you and go. I choose to give to this last worker as I give to you. Am I not allowed to do what I choose with what belongs to me? Or do you begrudge my generosity? See, when you only trade your labor for currency, you are at the mercy of the master, of the employer. And what you agree to, you agree to. And you are saying, my labor is worth this much. And you don't really have a leg to stand on to say, uh, well, I should be getting, not, not when you agree to a salary. You met, you're right. And let me, t- can I tell you this? Oh, this is not in my notes and I don't have time for this. But you should be underpaid. All of us should be underpaid. Because the truth is, you're, you're so valuable, there's nobody that can afford your work anyway. <laughs> there, 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 there is not a, a corporation in this world that can afford a child of God a son or a daughter of God. You are always underpaid. I don't care if you're making $10 an hour or $100 an hour. You're underpaid. Now just make sure your work bears that out. Go to Proverbs chapter 8. Let me, let me give you number 2. I got to move. I got to move. Proverbs chapter 8. Proverbs chapter 8 verse. I'm going to start in verse 10. Proverbs chapter 8 verse 10. It says, take my instruction, my instruction instead of silver. And knowledge rather than choice gold. For wisdom is better than jewels. And all that you may desire cannot compare with her. Take my instruction instead of silver. Knowledge rather than choice gold. Wisdom is better than jewels. Man, we could close the Bible, say God bless you, have a great week, and shut it down right there. Like if we just did that. If we just did that, here we're told and we're promised that instruction from God, knowledge, and wisdom is better, is better than this money that so many are seeking and so many are chasing. The number two thing that can be converted into currency is wisdom. So when you look at verse 18, it says, riches and honor are with me, meaning wisdom, enduring wealth and righteousness. See, as Christians, we know, or we should know, that we should not be chasing money, that you cannot chase money. Money will become your God if you chase it. You can't chase money and God. So if we will chase God, and here we're told specifically, if we narrow that down into wisdom, then wisdom not only will provide for us, but it's better than the provision that provides for us. And, and listen, listen, wisdom will be converted into currency. You, you go to school and you go to a, a college and you go get your master's and you go get your doctorate and your PhD, like, like you probably are going to make more money than the person who didn't finish high school. Now, that's not guaranteed in our, in our economy, but, but, the, but the majority of the time, you know, you're going to make more money than that person. The doctor makes more money than the sanitation worker. 
That, that's just, that's the way it works. But even beyond education, like wisdom, God has put things on the inside of you. You are an expert in some area or, or you are going to be an expert in some area. And the problem with this is you don't even recognize that you're an expert in it. It's so clear to you that you can't see that it's fuzzy to other people. And so you start talking about stuff and you're like, why do you not see this? And I'm like, I don't even know what you're saying. It's why, it's why some of the greatest basketball players are horrible coaches and GMs. Michael Jordan is the greatest player of all time. It's not even a debate. And the only reason he still has a job is because he's Michael Jordan. Because he's not a good GM. Magic Johnson is not a good coach. Larry Bird actually is not a good coach. Like these guys are amazing players. They're not good coaches. Why? Because it is so clear to them. They can't realize it's fuzzy to everybody else. God has placed things in you. That, that there's wisdom in you, not just biblical, scriptural, spiritual wisdom, but, but God has placed things in you that if you will cultivate and you will develop, you, it, that, that can be and should be converted into currency. Because here's the truth. There's things that you know that maybe somebody else doesn't know, and they see that as so valuable, they're willing to pay for it. And the amazing thing about where we're at in our society today is it is so easy for you to now convert that into currency. You can pull out your phone, flip the camera, hold your phone, hold your arm out, and, and you can become what they call an influencer. I'm still trying to figure out what that is. But, but like people will pay you to talk about what you know. You don't think God wants us to dominate that space? With his word and his power and his grace and his love and his principles, he, he's placed that on the inside of us. Now, you may not be in that state right now, and that's okay. You need, to, you need to have a season of development, a season of diving deeper, of going deeper, of seeking wisdom instead of money. Listen, you can chase the highest paying job, and, and man, you might get it, and you might think that's a praise report, and it might be, and it might provide for you, but you might miss out on the purposes that God has for you. You might miss on, on, on what's so much deeper and so much more important and impactful. And if you're in that season, I firmly believe this. I heard a pastor, um, I'm probably going to jack up the quote, but here's how I remember it. Um, it was a couple years ago, and it's just stuck with me so much. He was like, some, some pastors or preachers or really anybody, like they're seeking a microphone. They're seeking an opportunity. Like, will somebody invite me to preach? Will somebody give me an opportunity to preach? Like, no, 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 no. Don't seek a microphone. Seek the wisdom because the wisdom will, will open the doors for the microphone. Now you, you, the microphone may not apply to what it is that, that God has placed on the inside of you, but don't, don't seek the money. Seek the wisdom, and the wisdom will open the doors for the money. Number three, 2 Kings chapter 4. Hurry, 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 hurry. That's to the left, way to the left. 2 Kings chapter 4. Let me read to you. I love this, and man, I... I, I uh, honestly, this week I was like, God, these are four different messages. Can I have four more weeks to just preach each one of these? And he was like, no. 
you got something next week. You got to get off for these this week. So 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 1, it says, Now the wife of one of the sons of the prophets cried to Elisha, Your servant, my husband, is dead, and you know that your servant feared the Lord, but the creditor has come to take my two children to be a slave. So here, um, this, this woman, she states her problem to the prophet. She tells her, 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 the prophet, like, hey, my, my husband died. You know him. He worked for you, and now we owe a lot of money, and they're coming. They're coming to take my kids to be slaves. This is not like about to repossess my house. My kids, they're about to take my kids to be slaves. And Elisha said to her, what shall I do for you? I, I love that because sometimes y'all bring me stuff and, and I want to say, well, what do you want me to do for you? <laughs> but but, but what, what shall I do for you? Tell me. And then this is so good. What have you in the house? What do you have in your house? Like what's in your wallet? Not what's in your wallet. What's in your house? What do you have in your house? What do you have in your possession? What is yours? And she said, your servant has nothing in the house. I don't have anything except a jar of oil. Now, this jar of oil, she surely walked past every day. It was, was, this was not enough for what she needed. She couldn't really do anything with this. She didn't see the potential in this jar of oil because it was small. It was, it was mundane. It was regular. It had probably been there a long time. Like, it was, this was nothing. Like, I don't have anything. I mean, I got a little jar of oil, but I got nothing. I, I, the creditors are coming. I can't do anything about it. My, my husband worked for you and God, and aren't y'all supposed to do something about this? Then he said, go outside, borrow vessels from all your neighbors, empty vessels, and not too few. Now, God is working on something here. God is giving her a word, and he's telling her to go and prepare for something that she does not have. And he's saying, don't just get a few. Don't just get a few. Because why? Because, see, we are limited by our faith more than our God. We are limited by what we're willing to do to step out before we see the manifestation of what's coming more than we're limited by the ability of our God. She needed money. She needed money. She's saying, my kids are about to be enslaved. I need some money. This prophet says, go borrow some vessels. What are we talking about? <laughs> like, 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 what? She needed money, but she was given an assignment. See, many times when we need money, we think God is just going to download and drop and, and provide this money, just holy handshakes and, and checks in the mail. That's not even a thing anymore, is it? Um, cash apps from people that you don't know about and people paying you on paper. I don't know. Like, the, 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 it, but that is such a low form of prosperity. That's such a low form of God's plan for your life. The, God, how many people you meet are sustained on that? That's not how God wants you to... He wants you to put your hand to things. He wants you to give you the power to get wealth. Yes, those things are happening. Praise God. Those are blessings. But that's not your complete provision. Here she's given an assignment. And not, don't get too many. Or not, don't get too few. You can't get too many. God is giving her an assignment. He's giving her an idea through this thing that was small, was not enough and, and I believe God does the same thing for us, that he gives us ideas, and maybe even he hides the ideas for us, but he hides them behind a curtain of faith. So you look at something and you're like, I don't know what to do with that. You don't have to know what to do with that. What you have to do is know how to hear God's voice 
and, t- and do what he tells you to do with that. She has this jar of oil, and he tells her to go borrow these vessels. Don't, don't, don't just get a few. Get as many as you can. Then go in and shut the door behind yourself and your sons. Shut the door behind yourself and your sons because can't everybody go to this place with you? Everybody can't go in there with you. When you get blessed, not everybody's going to be your friend anymore. <laughs> Some people are going to try to be your friend. You need to shut the door behind you and yours. And you need to shut it quickly and fastly before all that blessing is gone. Shut the door behind yourself and your sons and pour into all these vessels. With what? She doesn't have anything. She's got a little jar of oil. And when one is full, set it aside. Like if you have one little jar and you go borrow these vessels, you don't have enough to fill a a, a vessel. But even if you do and set it aside and now what? Do it again? With what? With what? She doesn't have what she needs. So she went from him and shut the door behind herself and her sons. And as she poured, they brought the vessels to her. She obeyed. And when the vessels were full, I don't know how they got full. She doesn't know how they got full. This is like the water into wine. This is, this, this is one of the miracles of God. Not because God is just dropping money into her lap, but because he's giving her an assignment and she's doing it by faith. When the vessels were full, She said to her son, bring me another vessel. And he said to her, there is not another. Then, it was only then that the oil stopped flowing. It was only then that the oil stopped flowing. She came and told the man of God, and he said, go, sell the oil, and pay your debts, and you and your sons can live on the rest. You can live on the rest. Now listen. Number three thing that we can convert into currency is products. Products. Now, if you try to go out and you just try to figure out how to make a product that everybody in the world needs, then, man, praise God. But what you really need to do is get before God and say, God, where are my little oils, my little jars of oil? God, where are those, where are those things that are behind that curtain of faith that you want me to, to, to work on, to provide? And maybe it's not an actual product. Maybe it's a service product. Your service would be a product in this instance. But, but we can convert products, services, things God gives us into currency. Now, maybe, uh, maybe there, there's some of you that will never have a product that you can convert into currency and sustain yourself. Maybe that's not God's plan for you. That's all right. But listen, let me tell you this. When you get into a financial bind and you're not willing to look at what you have in your house, your priorities are mixed up. Because you need $500 to pay that mortgage, that rent, Let's say 500 more because we are in Austin. So if you got a $500 rent payment, <laughs> praise God already. <laughs> like, man, you are blessed and highly favored and all that other King James. Like, you're amazing. But, but let's say you need $500 more dollars and, and, you got, and you got these things in your house that aren't necessities that you could easily get $500 for. And I'm not telling you you got to do it. I'm just saying if you're not even willing, you, you may be blocking your own blessing. Like if this woman says, oh, I can't give this, this jar of oil. I can't, this is all I got. I can't give this. I can't pour this. I, can't, what, I don't know what you're going to ask me to do with it. I can't get rid of this. I need this. This is all I got. 
then she would not have got to the place where she had all she needed. <laughs> I found some baseball cards my dad sent me, um, and, and I, I, I'm a little nervous to look them up. Like, I got, I got like two pages of Michael Jordan cards, like, for real, like, back in 1988, 1989, and, they're, and like, they're in good condition. And I'm a little nervous to look up and see how much they, they're worth. Because I could just see my wife playing this message back to me and like. <laughs> but but, but I, you have things that, that, that you probably don't need that it may be time to purge to be able to get to that next step. And for those of you that God has, God has placed products and services and ideas in your spirit, let me read to you this, Proverbs uh, chapter uh, 31 verse 18, it says, she perceives that her merchandise is profitable. Her lamp does not go out at night. She makes linen gar garments and sells them. She delivers sashes to the merchant. So it's not just this, but the Proverbs 31 woman, she was also somebody who converted products into currency. Some of you, uh, you have some products in you that will change the world. You have some products in you that everybody wants. And some of you have some products that just maybe there's somebody who wants them. And you, you should be willing to trade those for your currency because you need the currency. Proverbs chapter 20 verse 5 says, The purpose in a man's heart is like deep water, but a man of understanding will draw it out. Some of you have these ideas and these concepts and these books and these podcasts and, and these businesses that are on the inside of you. And you need to seek wisdom and seek God to get it down and so that you can get it out. Stop being scared. You may have to give up that last jar of oil. But if you're giving it to God in obedience to God, <laughs> that's just a seed. And here's how you know it's a seed. And I got to move on. I'm so out of time. Here's how you know it's a seed. Because it's not enough. If you're following God and what you have is not enough, it's probably a seed. I don't know if y'all have little kids. Veggie Tales. Y'all remember Veggie Tales? There's one of the songs. It's like, if it doesn't have a tail, it's not a monkey. Google it. It's a great song. It'll be in your head for days. But there's this thing. It's like they're trying to, if it doesn't have a tail, it's not a monkey. If it doesn't have a tail, it's not a monkey. If you don't have enough, it might be a seed. I'm trying not to say it is a seed, but it's, it's really close. It's probably a seed. If you don't have enough, it's probably a seed. Number four, I just got to give you this when I'm out of time. Number four, um, if you remember what, what, what is called the parable of the talents in Matthew chapter 25, um, this, this man goes on a journey. He gives servants uh, talents. He gives them money, and he comes back, and he, and he gets to this point where he says, uh, all right, now give me back. I'm back. You know, I gave you these, and the one who got five gave him back ten. The one who had two gave him back four, but the one who had one... He gave him back what he had, and, and, the, and the master calls him evil, and, and there's a lot of spiritual um, depth to this story. But the, the fourth thing that I want, I want to share with you today that can be converted into currency is money. Money makes money. Some people even say that you have to have money to make money. Now, that's not true because you can convert your labor for money, you can convert your wisdom for money, especially in our day now. But money does make money. And so maybe you're at a place where right now all you're doing is you're converting your labor into currency and you're, you're working nine to five. Maybe you're living paycheck to paycheck. You're like eight out of ten Americans. And, and I'm, not, I'm not judging you. I'm saying like at some point you need to get to a place where you decrease what you're 
putting out your expenses so that you can have more margin so that you can save. And at, at some point, it may not be a whole lot, but you can start to use your money to make money. You can, and you maybe even can start small. This past semester, we had a faith group that, that actually talked about investing and taught a little bit on investing. And, and, and God is okay with that. I didn't have time to give you all the scriptures, but if you go to the Version Bible app, you can go to my notes. You can see the scriptures there. God is good with that. Here, he's saying if you just take what he gives you and are able to just return it to him without at least some interest, without that money making some money, God's saying at best it's not good. At worst, he's saying it's evil. So our money should be making us money. And maybe that's not in every season of your life, right? But you should have that understanding, growing in that wisdom and working towards that place. And it's not for you to have bigger and better and nicer. That is not the point of figuring out what it is that we can convert into currency. It is so that we can be more effective and powerful in the kingdom. Because as God increases you, I think we talked about this last week, as God increases you, then you need to pray and ask God what he wants you to do with that increase. So you can convert labor, you can convert wisdom, you can convert products, you can convert money into currency. And I would challenge you to be praying this week and and until you get some answers, and maybe this is a journey for you, to be praying about what's, what's the other things that God wants me to convert for currency? Because we'll talk about this next week, but so often we see where God is interested in not just one stream of income, but multiple streams of income. Well, if you enjoyed today's podcast, there's a couple things I'd love for you to do. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. You can also invest in helping us empower others to follow Jesus by texting any dollar amount to 512-520-0185. Thanks again for joining us today on the Faith for Life podcast.